0: Pastor Adam away, I get the, the privilege of sharing a bit of a word. And, and since the start of the year, Pastor Adam has been speaking about getting back to some foundational truths. In a world that we live in that has lots of truths that are all relative to whoever's speaking them, it seems like we're, we're losing our way in the world. And, and we know that the word is our truth. Our word doesn't move. It's our, it's our plumb line for living. It's a, it tells us who God is and, and what the real truth is. And so I just want to speak on a, a, a truth here this morning, a, a biblical, well, sort of a, a spiritual foundation or discipline, and that's of prayer. Oh, yeah. Who loves prayer? Yeah, yeah. Well, I just, I spoke this message in the eight o'clock service and they're all prayer warriors. They pray all day, every day. So you guys need to step up on that. But, uh, but prayer is, is such a big topic. You know, you could speak for for many weeks on prayer, but we've got a short period of time. I just want to get a foundational understanding of prayer that would really help us to see the importance of prayer. Because there's absolutely no doubt that prayer is a basic foundational discipline for any Christian disciple. It's a must. And that's my prayer for us today, that at some level there'd be a greater understanding and desire for the place of prayer in our lives that we'd, we'd be a people of prayer that valued it and its important role that it plays with Christ followers. Yeah. That when we get to connect with God, when we have a relationship with God, we see the world change around us. And it says in the Bible, Matthew 6, 33, it says, starts off, it's like, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Yeah. We're to seek God first and foremost. Over all the things in the Bible, it says seek First, the kingdom of God. Seek Him. Seek His presence. We're told to do that. How do we do that? How do we seek His presence? How do we get into His presence? We pray. And that's what I want to speak on this morning. So what is prayer? Prayer defined in the simplest way is is just simply how believers communicate with God. I don't know if that's how you read it, but in its simplest simplest form, that is just all it is. It's how we communicate with God. It's how we make our requests known to Him. It's how we praise Him. It's prayer is simply the act of communicating. Yeah. But the it's not a soliloquy. It's not a, a speech that we say to ourselves. It's a it's 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 not a it's not a scripted thing. It's a conversation. It's a it's two way that yeah, yeah. we speak and He listens. He speaks and we listen. It's a it's a dialogue, not a monologue, right. that we have with God. So if we really have a living relationship with God, if we truly believe that, but yet we don't pray, that we don't value spending time in his presence, how can we truly say that? How can we truly say that we've got a living relationship with him? Because if we don't wait on him, if we don't get familiar and recognize his voice, how do we know when he's calling us, when he's talking to us until we're in his presence? Kenneth Bower, the the best-selling author and theologian, when writing on prayer, says spiritual growth is impossible apart from the practice of prayer. Spiritual growth is impossible apart from the practice of prayer. And that really challenged me over the Christmas break. I've, I've spent a bit of time in prayer and I've read a bunch of books because I was challenged on this, this, very, this very statement that, you know, how do we spiritually grow? You know, we get it from the Word, but there's, a, there's something by being in God's presence that we spiritually grow. And Jesus reiterates that in John 15, 5, and it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Yeah. Without him we're disconnected. It's in Christ that we have a connection to Christ. She, she mentioned it before that, you know, all, all praise and glory to Jesus yeah. who enables us to connect with the Father. Yeah. Without him we've got nothing. That's why prayer is so important, that it keeps us connected to Jesus, because it's important that we read his word, the book. We it's, it's super important that we do, right? Yeah, come on, yeah, you can, you get, yeah, it's not a trick question. It's important that we read his word, but it's important, but it's through prayer that we get to know the author. Because even the Pharisees knew the book, right? Even the Pharisees knew the book, but didn't recognize the author when it was standing right in front of them. So we don't want to be a people like that we want to we want the word to guide us, but we want the presence of God to be with us Prayer in a way connects us relationally to God in a way that no other way can We need to remember that so that when so that means when we intentionally set aside time to pray we're, to be in God's presence it's going to grow our relationship with him because it said. I read this, it said that um, reading the Bible and praying are very closely associated. We don't simply read the Bible for information, but to hear God speaking to us. The natural response from that is to pray. As we meditate on what he's saying, that we'd pray and be in his presence. This would also lead me to think that people who don't pray don't read their Bible much either. How true could that be when we reflect that on our lives? I know that hits a little bit close to home at times. Catherine Kuhlman, the extraordinary healing evangelist, once said, the greatest power God has given any individual is the power of prayer. The power of prayer. Because the power that God gives us in our prayers is that he hears us. The power right there, that any time, any place, for anything, God's word says, we can pray to him. We don't need to check his schedule to see whether he's got time for us. We don't need to diarize it in once a week and and make sure that he doesn't forget that we're here. He hears our prayers. He's there all the time. And it's through our prayers, it's through being in his presence that he releases his blessing. He releases his provisions, his wisdom, his grace, his strategies, his forgiveness. This is the importance of prayer in our lives, that we would stay connected with God. That's why it's so important to pray. There's another book I read, "Winning the War on the Mind." Um, I think we spoke about that when we did the uh, uh, feedback, you know, um, sorry, a uh, uh, discussion about the mind health and, and things like that. And and some of that was came out of the "Winning the War on the Mind." It's a Craig Rochelle book, a very good book, and it's a it's a good read. But it has it explains in there how the mind works and how it functions and the 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 makeup of it and it detailed a bunch of neurologists that had done a bunch of study on that area of the brain and, and the effect that prayer has on it. And I just wanted to, it sort of blew me away on what they found. And, and they said that the, the, the brain was a physical muscle, which we probably already know. So the more you use it, the, the better dexterity, the greater connections, and it makes you sharper and it makes you think clearer. But what happened is when you prayed, there was a chemical change in your brain. Like chemically, it would change the chemicals in your brain, the makeup of it. And another study done by another neurologist on prayer studied a different measure of the brain. And she wrote that it was found that 12 minutes a day of focused prayer over an eight week period can change the brain to such an extent it can be measured on a brain scan. Prayer in itself will change the physical makeup of your brain. Isn't that astounding? And, and this type of focused prayer increases the activity in the brain, areas associated with social interaction, compassion, and sensitivity to others. Wow, wow it's, it's incredible that, that this isn't even an answer to prayer. When we go and pray to God, yeah, right. that just the very act of praying does us good. Yeah. It does us good. It, it changes the relationships we have. It changes our social interactions. It changes our outlook on life on the people around us, that's not even the prayer that's been answered on the other side of this. This is just about being in there. But that's only 12 minutes a day. That doesn't, that's not even a, It wouldn't create a deep relationship. I know if I gave Nat 12 minutes of my day every day, I, that'd be an action-packed day. It'd be one-sided conversation. But also, but, but what that would be, it'd be, it wouldn't take long before the communication lines would break down and misunderstandings would happen. And then I would just get the highlights of her day. And so I'd have my life over here and she would have her life over here. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. 12 minutes a day will affect our lives. And when it comes to praying, prayers really do change our life, physically even. Romans 12:2 iterates this too. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. See, I think the renewing of the mind is renewed. You can take so many things out of that, but prayer transforms your mind. Prayer transforms the very mind for the better because it takes our thoughts and our, our struggles and stresses of the world, of our week, and just puts them aside, and then we can just focus on Jesus, on our heavenly Father. Our prayers, as we pray, our minds are transformed, our hearts are changed, and our outlooks change on our situations if we could only understand the the true transformational power that comes from prayer, praying his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Imagine if we could really grasp that. Because I don't think this this earth is necessarily the earth that he designed. He designed it, but he's not the the earth that he envisaged it being. Because we can change that. We can bring heaven to earth through our prayers if we allow him to work through us. Many scriptures in the Bible say how we should pray, that we just have to pray with faith, pray with no doubt in our hearts, and, and then once we do that, we can just believe it's, it's going to happen because God says it's going to happen. We can expect to receive it, and it almost makes it feel like there's this formula, and I wish there was, don't you, yeah. that we could just do this, this, and this, and then God said he'll do that, but <laughs> prayers doesn't quite work like that, unfortunately, But the Bible does set some pretty good examples and principles of what we need to do to live a fruitful life in the discipline of prayer. So how should we pray? How should we pray? Well, let's look at some of the things that we need to do when we pray. We need to pray with faith. First and foremost, pray with faith. If we pray and we don't have any belief and faith behind it, they're just worthless words. And I don't think we're, you know, we're we're not going to be people if we, we we'll end up not praying if we don't even have faith to start with. You know, in our lone lives, if you don't have faith, you won't end up praying at all. Hebrews eleven six reminds us says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him, because faith is not simply just believing. It is an understanding of the fact that He's an all-powerful God who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to His power at work in us. Ephesians tells us that. That it's not just the fact of believing, but knowing that He's the Almighty God that we come before, that nothing is impossible for Him, that it's resting in Him and trusting in Him. Because there's a difference between faith that believes God can to trust, to know that He will. Yeah, right. Faith does the impossible because it engages God into our situations. Yeah, yeah. When, we, when we release faith into our prayers, it allows God to work in and through our situations. And when He's involved, nothing is impossible. That's the faith He's calling us to. Yeah, A life of faith. Faith mentioned in those in those scriptures where it says you, you don't pray with no doubt in your heart. No doubt in your heart. Who's Who's... Who's thrown up prayers to heaven sometimes and, and had that little bit of doubt in your heart? I definitely have. But it's 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 the, to get rid of the doubt, it's it's a lifestyle. We need to live lives of faith, that it's not just having faith when we really need it. Because faith isn't really faith until it's tested, right? You know, anyone can say they have faith, and it's in the hard times that people go through that faith really prevails. I remember back in 2011, and Pastor Nat had spoken about that before, about we went through a miscarriage, and it was a very trying time of our lives. We were our first child. We've since had two beautiful young girls, and we've been blessed out the other side of that. But in that moment, it was, it was one of the toughest things we went through, that we'd had a future planned. We envisaged this plan with this little baby coming along and how it was all going to be, and then it, that didn't happen. But the week before we found that out, we we ran we at the doctors and they ran some tests and they said, hmm. You know, when the doctor said, hmm, you know, you know it's like, oh, that's not what I was expecting to hear. Hmm, that's not what we're looking, for, looking at. So instantly he said, look, we'll just keep monitoring it. We'll keep some tests on. We'll just keep an eye on it. We felt something was wrong. So we took that to God and we prayed over that week and we really poured our hearts out to God. It's like we just sense something's going wrong here and we just pray for your hand upon it. We pray for your provision. We pray for your protection upon this little baby. We pray for healing if there's something wrong here. We didn't really know what it was. It was just wasn't happening as it should. And then a few days later, we discovered that was there was a miscarriage. So that was a really tough time. But in that journey, we didn't know why our priests weren't answered. but in and all the rest of it. But there was a very, the sorrow and the grief that came upon us could have stayed there. But I know that our faith in God didn't change because God's good all the time. And just because He doesn't answer our prayers the way we think He should, or if He answers it with a no, that's an answer still the same. But it doesn't change who God is, that God is still good. And and Ernie said that before. It's like, you know, you just, just because things work out the way they are, it doesn't change our faith in God. And so we... We kept faith in God and and it didn't change us one bit of how we felt about God's goodness and God's grace upon our lives. And on that, we received blessing and he got us through that tough time. And Phil Pringle writes in his book, Inspired to Pray, Answered prayer is the manifestation of a hidden life of obedience. It is not the prayer that impresses God. It's the life of a person praying. It's the lifestyle of a person praying. Faith that God is looking for in our lives is faith that has complete reliance on Him, that He is our focus. He sustains our situations, our hope, our aspirations. Everything we need is in Him. That is the faith we ought to carry in our lives, that when we pray, that's the faith that comes through. There is no doubt in our hearts. So we need to pray with faith. And when we pray, we should pray according to the will of God. 1 John 5, 14 to 15 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. When we pray with faith, when we pray according to his will, he hears us, it says. So how do we do this? How do we, How do we know what God's will is? Well, primarily through reading His Word. That's where His will is found. It's found through regularly and intentionally spending time in His presence to seek Him, to know Him, to to get an understanding of His heart for us, to get an understanding for His heart, for the community, our neighbours, to meditate and reflect on the cost that was paid for us that we could be in constant relationship with Him. It's all because of Jesus that we can actually even enter into the presence of God. Before Jesus, there was there was a sacrifices and tabernacle that everyone had to stay away from. Now we can boldly go into the throne room of God in the name of Jesus. Because without his word, we can his will cannot be known. Without his word, his will cannot be known. Because the word tells us that God wants to bless us. John 15 8 says that when we bear much fruit, God is glorified. God is glorified when we are fruitful in our lives. That when He can pour out His blessing and His and His words and wisdom to us, that He's reflected and glorified in that. It's His will to bless us that we'll be fruitful. So when our prayers align with God's will, we'll experience the breakthrough in our lives. But the problem is, sometimes we, we just naturally default to our will. We live by our will during the day and, because we spend more time in our space than in God's space, we live under our will and the things that we want, and then we come to God and go, "Oh, Your will be done." But it's kind of semi-my will, yeah, right? right? Yeah, but, there, but, yeah, we 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 don't we don't know what's good for us half the time. But yet God does. Yeah. We have no idea what's going to happen to us tomorrow. But yet God does. We don't know what our future holds. Our kids and our Our grandkids, what's going to happen to them? But God does. So why do we resist God's will so much in our lives? Let us be reminded by Isaiah 55, 8. It says, My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. We serve an almighty God who's all-knowing, who's all-powerful, And He loves us. His will for us is to bless us and make us fruitful if we'd submit ourselves under His will. When we lift our prayers, we need to lift them according to His will. And that would be pleasing to Him. So we need to pray with faith. We need to pray in accordance to His will. And we need to pray with the right heart. Mark 11, 22 to 24 says, Jesus said, Had faith, have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, Whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. What an amazing passage of Scripture. That when we do that, when we pray with faith when we pray according to His will, we can consider them done in the name of Jesus. Such amazing scripture there, so much in there. But what we what we often do is stop at that point because 25 goes on, it has a bit of a caveat, it has a condition, it has a requirement that follows and it says, and therefore, ah, oh, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. For your Father in heaven may also be that your Father in heaven may also forgive you of your trespasses. Because Jesus said this because this was the very reason he came down to earth to say it, that he was dealing with their heart condition. He was speaking to the people of Israel and they'd known the book that they'd, they'd forgotten who the author was. And he was coming to He was coming to fix that heart condition that we have. And I wanna just remind us that the heart, our heart condition is still a top priority for God today. We need to get our hearts right. We need to turn from sin when we come before God. We need to repent, but not because of what God can do for us, but because we desire a fellowship with the Almighty God, and nothing should hinder that. And sin is the biggest hindrance of our connection with God. Because I've, you know, when I first started coming to church and was a Christian, I really struggled with the area of sin. And just being able to know how to deal with it. Because I knew what God's word said, and this is who I ought to be. And you come to church, and I know it's pretty tough. There's just such an amazing crowd here. You look at them and go, man, you've got your life sorted. But I had the internal, the, the, the wrestle inside. I go, man, on the outside, I hope I look all right. But the inside, I'm, I don't even want to be here. And this sin, this heart condition in my heart, this, this sin that I was carrying was just actually pushes me away from church. I don't wanna be around that because it exposes more of my, my, my faults and my issues and my sin. Because when we're in God's presence, it leads to repentance. So our very sin can either bring us to God or push us away. And the enemy comes to rob, steal and destroy. And of course, when we look in the mirror, there's a voice that says, man, you're so unworthy. You need to get yourself right before you get into church, into God's presence. You need to get yourself right before you can pray to God. But I, in Proverbs 15, 29, I can relate to it. It says, the Lord is far from the wicked. That's how I felt. I felt far from God. I felt a wicked person because he says, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. And I'm like, great, I need to get myself right. I need to fix myself up. Then I can pray to God and he'll hear me. But what I didn't realize is that You know, at the time it's like the Bible tells us that all have fallen all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm not the only one in here. So we all have. And that we have no righteousness of our own. We 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 can't claim any righteousness of our own, but but the one we can claim is in Christ Jesus. We can claim righteousness in Him. So yes, we need a clean heart, and yes, we need to deal with the sin in our lives, but we do that through prayer. That's the very vessel that we use to deal with prayer. It's actually the place of prayer that we deal with sin. Because through prayer, we can keep our hearts right with Him. Through prayer, we can come to Him and He washes and cleanses us in ways that we can never do. The only way we can get right with God is through the vehicle of prayer. So to close, I can't close with a, a three steps to success here. No magic formula, but but the amazing thing is God's Word gives us principles that we can outwork. That when we pray, we should pray with faith. We should pray in accordance to His will and we pray with a clean heart. Because when we do that, our lives can't help but be changed because they're the principles, they're the disciplines, they're the foundation of a life that seeks God's presence more than what He can do for us. It seeks God's presence more than what we want for ourselves. The life-changing, transformational power of prayer comes when we seek that relationship more with God than what He could ever do for us. First and foremost, it's the relationship with God over all things. Because scientifically, we know 12 minutes a day will change our life. But imagine what 20 minutes a day could do. what about an hour? I know the eight o'clock can do an hour easy. <laughs> what about an hour? What, what what could it do? But it's not about just ticking a box and saying, yeah, I've done it for an hour, or I did this, or make it some religious act, but it's like just to seek His presence yeah. more and more. Connect Church, what could God do in this place if we had lives dedicated to prayer? That held prayer as a this this thing that we dedicate our lives to, we put value on, that we'd, we'd fight for time in our day to do it. It'd be the first thing we did. It'd be the last thing we did. We're all called to a life of prayer because prayer is a foundational spiritual discipline for any follower of Christ. Prayer keeps us connected with God. And when we pray with faith, when we pray in accordance to His will, when we have a clean heart, when we pray, we see we connect with God on a level that nothing else can. And then through that time, we are blessed just by being in His presence. But then He wants to answer our prayers. He wants to bless us. He wants to make us fruitful in our lives. Would you please stand? I wanna, I wanna close in prayer this morning. And prayer really is just a conversation with God. And if you've, if you've struggled with prayer before for whatever reason, thinking it needs to be this big speech, it needs to be done by someone who's done biblical studies or, or anything like that, it's like, no, it's just the conversation, how you talk to a, a friend that we can humbly come into his presence, but speak to him as a friend. So let us pray together as I close. Father God, I thank you for your presence right now thank you that your presence is right here, right now. That we can talk to you. That we can conversate with you. That that as we speak, as we pray here this morning together as a family, that you hear us. That you see us. That you love us. I just pray even in this moment now as we talk about prayer, as we talk about just being in your presence Lord, that you just give us a, a greater understanding of how much you desire to have us be in your presence, that it will become a desire of our hearts to be with you. That prayer would just be something we naturally do rather than having to force ourselves to do. Father God, it'd be something we just love to be doing with you. Father God, I pray that this this church and these people, everyone under my voice this morning, Father God, would get a greater hunger for your presence, to be in your prayer. You're so good. You're so good to us. We thank you, Jesus, that you made a way that we could connect with you, connect with the Almighty God that couldn't be done before. You make it so easy for us. You're always accessible. So Father God, I pray as we walk out our week and our months and our years to come, Father God, that there's a seed that planted in our hearts that we never Stop wanting to be in your presence. We hunger to be closer to you. We desire to see your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven, Father God. And that's action through our prayers of the faithful. So we pray that upon every single person here today, that you bless and make them fruitful and your name will be glorified in the process, Lord God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.